You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Spooky edition of For Your Distraction. I'm one of your hosts, Spooky Adam, and with me as always is Spooky Malank. How we doing, Scott? Good. Very good. Uh it's it's Halloween night as we're recording this. That it means you're gonna on. be li- you're gonna be listening to it like a day later, but that's fine. That's fine. But as we're recording this, it's Halloween, all Hallows Eve. Uh, it is a Saturday night, and there is a full moon. This happens like once every three hundred years. So I haven't I haven't been outside since the sun went down. I uh, I didn't even know there was a full moon. So yeah, I uh, just got home a little bit ago. I, I took my kids <coughs> trick or treating. That was an absolute blast. There were there was trick or treating going on. I didn't know there was. So it was a last minute thing. Uh, some of the municipalities around us canceled their trick-or-treating, but uh, uh, one of them, where we usually go, decided to still hold it, and I gotta be honest, it was it was very different this year. Really? It, uh, there was hardly very many kids out, um, and normally when we do our, our street and the next street over... There's maybe one or two houses that nobody's home and they have their lights out and they didn't leave a bowl of candy. This year, there was about six or seven houses that just decided not to participate in trick-or-treating. I'm not surprised. Which is fu- yeah, that's, that's fine. I completely understand. And even more shocking, a lot of the houses did something different. Instead of walking up to the door, you know, ring the doorbell or knock on the door and somebody answers the door, holding the bowl of candy and you yell, trick or treat. What people have started doing is setting up like a a folding table at the edge of their driveway. And they have the bowl of candy already sitting there. So you don't walk all the way up to their house. You don't go by the people. You just grab the candy right there from the bowl at the edge of the driveway. There was probably about a dozen houses that did it that way. I feel like that's that sounds just as bad as just having a normal trick or treating like we've always had because yeah it's pro- it's protecting the people that are giving out the candy but you still have tons of kids just running up sticking their hands in the bowls they probably just wipe snot off under their fingers and you know grabbing all the candy to grab like one or two pieces for themselves I feel like that's like Germ City. Now I can't I can't speak for everywhere because I'm sure there are other neighborhoods that were significantly busy with trick-or-treaters. 
But the neighborhood that we went trick or treating in, I gotta tell you, man, there was hardly any kids out. There was we we passed two other small groups of kids while we were trick or treating. So I'm really not that concerned. And I mean, my kids, they all they had their masks on. Not just their Halloween masks, they had their uh their coronavirus masks on also. So. Did they did you put the mask over the Halloween mask or under? So, uh, both of my kids were superheroes, so they, they had, like, the just cover the eyes mask. Ah, yes. So, they had that mask over the eyes, and then they had the, the mask they have to wear every day over their nose and mouth. Okay, so I guess it was a successful Halloween, then. I haven't been out, and I know my mother wasn't going to take Mila trick-or-treating because she didn't know where to go, and... She was worried about places that, you know, we're doing it, how safe it was going to be. So she is actually what she's doing. I don't know if she's doing it this weekend or what day that they're doing it. But she decided to, uh, her and my sister decided to bag up like little piles of candy, like a little, like a couple of pieces of candy in like bags or something like that. And her plan was ideally when the rain stopped to have Mila dress up in her costume and almost go on like a scavenger hunt, like an Easter egg hunt, just running around the yard and just kind of like looking for these little bags of candy in her costume. Cool. That's, that's definitely an alternative and under the circumstances, that's fine. I just felt, you know, as a kid, I loved Halloween and most importantly, I loved trick or treating. It was, it was something magical <clears throat> for my childhood. And I know it sounds lame, but I, I kind of didn't want my kids to miss out on it. And I've and I've said on this show from the moment that this pandemic has happened, and I've said to you and I've said to our listeners, you know, you can go on living your life as long as you're smart about it. I mean, I, I went I went on vacation to Florida for crying out loud. I went to Walt Disney World during the pandemic. And we came back fine. None of us got none of us got it. If you if you're safe and smart and you physically distance and you stay away from people you don't know and you wear your mask and you wash your hands, if you follow all those steps, you can still do the things you want to do. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what I live by. That's that's what I do. And that's kinda how we that's kinda how we did tonight and, and it was a success. It was a success. Well, all right, then that's good. I'm I'm happy yeah. that I'm happy your kids had a good time. Yeah. Are you a Halloween fan, my friend? Do you like Halloween? Am I a Halloween fan? Uh, honestly, I don't really, I don't really know. I'm, I don't have the same nostalgia that I guess you would say you had for Halloween, where you know you go trick or treating. I went trick or treating a few times. I remember as like a little kid going trick or treating, um, but we didn't really go. We didn't really do that kind of stuff that often. Like it was a lot more prevalent, like in my early age, like four five six seven and stuff like that but once you start getting up closer to 10 and up you're kind of just like eh it's halloween why would i you know I'll, i don't even want to dress up in a costume honestly i didn't i didn't uh really get my i guess lust for halloween until like the last couple of years but that's when like you dress up in like other costumes but then you like go to the bar or you go to somebody's house and have like a party so I think I do it more for the party aspect than I do for the actual like dressing up for the holiday thing. So yeah, 
respect that. I respect that. But there's a lot of, uh, I mean, besides the Americanized version of Halloween, like, just, just the whole spooky aspect of it. Like, you opened up and called it our spooky episode. And, and I, I like that. I, I just, I like being scared. Unfortunately, there's not many things that make me scared anymore. I wish it did. Spooky. So did you dress up this year, Scott, for Halloween? Um, yes, I actually did. What did you dress up as? <laughs> I was waiting for you. Yeah, So I, I didn't know so, if you were done talking or not. I was like, well, what did you go as? So uh, I went to a Halloween party actually a couple weekends ago at our old pal Brandon's house. Uh, you went with me last year to that party. Yeah. Um, you and Mike were both supposed to come this year, but, uh, you know, COVID. COVID's so, a bitch. Uh, Kristen and I went, and I got a pretty awesome dinosaur costume I ordered from Amazon. It's pretty awesome. Is it the, the classic ones you see in, like, videos and shit like that? The big, gigantic, like, foam or plastic dinosaur thing? I don't know what you're talking about you know, you know, but the no. t- you know the t-rex you see whenever everybody likes to screw around a dinosaur costume you see that the one t-rex costume you see you mean the one that's like a blow up yeah. costume yes that's what i mean no 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 that's no. what i'm asking is that the one I you're talking I, about no certainly <laughs> no so the costume i got is is a onesie it's a onesie that just like buttons up in the front and it has a hood that comes over that's like a dinosaur mouth, oh. and it has a dino- it has a dinosaur tail, and it's actually like a stegosaurus, so it has like the plates on the back. But uh, but the plot thickens. The plot thickens here because Kristen was having a heck of a time finding a costume for herself. Um, she was gonna be oh, there's gonna be a couple different things. She she was gonna be a a deer. She found a pretty cool deer costume, but she didn't like it. And then she had like a uh, oh, it was like a hippie costume or something. I don't know. It was something weird. She was gonna be that, and then she didn't like it. And then she was gonna dress up as a crazy cat lady, which was just like wearing a bathrobe and a funny wig and like looking, make herself look like an old lady. And we took a bunch of our kids' stuffed animals, and she like attached it to herself. And I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You should definitely do that. And she's like, I don't like it. She's like, I like yours better. So long story short, we ended up switching. <laughs> so so Kristen, for the party, for the party, Kristen dressed up in my dinosaur costume. And I dressed up as a crazy cat lady for the party. And it was actually pretty cool. It was actually pretty fun. Did you get like a wig I, and stuff? Yeah, I had a wig. Nice. Yeah, I, I think I have a picture somewhere. I'll post a picture onto uh, For Your Distractions uh, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I, I looked pretty cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a good time at the party. It was There was definitely significantly fewer people this year, and the party was completely outside. We didn't go inside. Um, it was much more low-key than previous years, but we had fun. That's cool. And then, and then Kristen has to dress up for school because she's a school teacher. And all of her teacher friends decided they were going to dress up as cave people, cave cave persons. And uh, she ordered this, like, cave girl costume. And guess what? 
She hated it. She didn't <laughs> like it. She's like, I'm not going to be able to teach all day in this. So I come up with a great idea. I'm like, well, why don't you just wear my dinosaur costume again? I'm like, I know technically dinosaurs and cavemen didn't live together, but what the hell? These kids aren't going to know that. Yeah. And she was like, and she was like, oh my God, that's great. So she ended up wearing my dinosaur costume again to school. And today for trick-or-treating was the first time I actually got to wear my dinosaur costume for trick-or-treating because Kristen didn't dress up for trick-or-treating. So I wore it and it was awesome. I loved it. I'll post pictures of that too. Yeah, I want to see it. So yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of COVID, a uh, bit of a... Uh, tangent here i think michael bay needs to shut up and go away oh really yeah did you see the trailer for his new like movie or whatever songbird i have not i'm actually not aware of that yeah i heard about it i think yesterday and i looked it up and i kind of skimmed through it real quick but i didn't watch the entire thing but i got the gist of it it's basically takes place like four years in the future or three or four years in the future or something okay it is about the COVID virus still existing in the future and everything's on lockdown. Nobody goes anywhere. There's like a select group of people that like are immune to it and they've been able to test to see if people are immune to it or not. And uh, the entire streets are filled with just nothing like roving, basically death squads of U.S. military soldiers make keeping curfew, keeping the order, you know, checking people that if they are out but like the streets are all empty. It's basically post-apocalyptic four years from now, COVID. He needs to go away. We don't need this right now. That is the last fucking thing we need in this world at the moment mm. is a Michael mm, Bay yeah. COVID movie. May- maybe in like five or 10 years after COVID isn't like that big of a deal, then maybe you can revisit like that story, uh, like a what if story kind of thing. But like, if we're in the middle of doing it, he does not need to be doing this shit. Because holy fuck. You there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he needs that's, to like go away or some shit like that. That's very interesting. I need to check that out. I, I'm picturing... I, I don't know anything about this movie Songbird. Other than what you told me and that it's Michael Bay. So what I'm picturing is starring mark Wahlberg and dwayne the rock johnson and there's a lot of fucking explosions and lens flares um surprisingly i didn't see i like i said <laughs> i skimmed through it and i actually didn't see any explosions throughout the entire movie but there yeah. were some there were some big name actors uh, a couple of them hang on a second i'm pulling up the imdb real quick because i'm just like oh wow they're being in this or that person's being in it um the, 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 the songbird right here uh big name actors we've got craig robinson is it bradley whitford's in it um okay. kj appa sophia carson uh Demi oh Moore okay is in it oh peter, wow peter stormare is in it alexandra daddario is in it so there's like some like big name actors in it but like mm. fuck michael bay and the explosion that he wrote in on like seriously that that is not something we need in this world at the moment yeah that's talk about something scary i mean whoa oh and it's I don't, not I don't even wanna... like it's not even like covid19 in 2019 what might have happened it's like hey 
let me like predict the next four years of our lives, guys. Three or four years. You know, let's see. So while we're talking about movies and in the spirit of Halloween, I started watching a saga, I guess you'd say, a series of movies. And um, I would I'd say these are relatively popular movies. They made six of them, so they had to have made some money to make six of these movies. Uh, I had seen the very first movie, but I watched it a long, long time ago in like the early 2000s when it first came out. And I haven't watched it again since. I saw part of the second one when it was like played on regular TV. And of course it was like, but the editing people butchered it so but i never saw the third fourth fifth or sixth one and i was always curious about watching them and i decided that i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna watch all six of these movies in order um as of right now i've gotten through i rewatched one and two and i watched the third one so i'm halfway through i need to watch four five and six yet but the movies series that i'm talking about is adam I started watching the Resident Evil movies. Ew, that's disgusting. Really? That's horrible. That's they're terrible movies. But how did they make six of them? How did they make all the Fast and Furious movies they made, or all the Transformers movies they made? Like because I'll tell you exactly why. Speaking of Michael Bay, the Fast and the Furious movies and the Transformers movies. The reason that they made so many of them is because they all made a fuck a metric fuck ton of money. Yeah, but like that's that doesn't answer the question why they keep making these, like why why they're still so popular. That doesn't answer that question. Like I I I would argue that the question is people like it's the same reason why people like Fast and Furious. They just like mindless violence that has no real story or rhyme or reason or anything like that. It's just mindless zombie violence. But my point is they made so many Fast and the Furious. They made so many Transformers. Is because they keep making a lot of money. And it's capitalism, man. As long as they're making money, they're going to keep churning out this shit. Same with Disney and doing Star Wars every other year. I mean, we love Star Wars, but there comes a point where I'm like, okay, God, keep milking this dry teat. But they're like... like they're like these movies are like well known to be terrible. I don't think I've ever met any one person that's been like beyond the first one. I've never met anybody that's like yeah, I like you know some of the second ones and you know the third one's cool and the fourth one's all right. You know, I've never after the first one, everybody's like they're dog shit. They're just terrible. So I had seen the first one and I think it. I watched it way back in like two thousand and two when it first came out. That's not a terrible and adaptation of the game. The first one. I'm not gonna lie. I remember I remember liking it back then, and I don't think I've watched it since then. So I rewatched it, and I gotta tell you, dude, I like the first one. Yeah, the first one is very fine. If they would have kinda you know stuck with a little bit of that, you know, that was that would that was cool. I I'm familiar with the games. I think I played a little bit of the original Resident Evil for PlayStation One. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe I dabbled. <laughs> and now I know they they probably made they made a million of those games. I'm sure, right? For every system under the sun, is that correct? Yeah, saying? they made a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, now. I don't think I. Pl- 
Good. Oh, I said I don't think I played any of them but the original one. I'm sure I, of it. Yes. I've I've played all uh, the first three for PlayStation, and then I played a couple of the other ones. I, I played like four. Four is good. Five is good. No, five wasn't that good. Six, I heard was terrible. But they've done something interesting with the games is they've kind of been rebooting the games for current generation consoles. So they've taken like you remember like the terrible graphics of like Resident Evil One and Two. They like yeah, polygons yeah. and jagged edges and everything like that. That's all the first three games were. They've taken uh-huh. like two and three and they've basically remade the game. Like it's the same story, same characters, but they've redone it. They've redone the entire way you play. All the graphics are like sharp and brand new and the colors are awesome and the action is fun. So they've been doing a lot of that lately. It did Final Fantasy also, right? They Yeah, they just recently did that with Final Fantasy VII um that that it's going to be a multi-part game so they're going to make like two or three other games of that but yeah they've done that and they've made it that's a beautiful game too like if you just like go watch go like the story's kind of weird but like if you just turn the sound off and go watch like some of the cutscenes, it's a beautiful game great i really enjoyed resident evil one and to me honestly it was like a horror movie at very least like a suspense thriller you know yeah like like they're in the basement of this fucking mansion that happens to be this giant labyrinth of mazes and oh by the way there's fucking zombies and there's fucking there's fucking zombie dogs because that's the the first game was that's exactly how the first game was pretty much yeah and, and it's like like you come around the corner and there's like there's like a jump scare of like a zombie and it's like like I like that shit. Like that's actually fun. Like there was times watching that rewatching that movie this past week that I'm like on the edge of my seat and I'm like, "Oh shit, oh shit." So then I watched the second and third one like I said. They're not horror movies anymore. They've turned into action movies. I wonder why that's the reason for that, is Scott. And and I don't like them as much. I really didn't like 2 or 3. And like I said, I remember seeing parts of 2. But I never put the whole thing together. Watching the whole thing together, it wasn't very good. Uh, the reason for that is because like the first four games, the first like four or five games were like that. They were survival horror games. Like they weren't action uh-huh. games. Like you, you had the same thing where you'd run around a corner and there'd be like five zombies shuffling at you. Like oh shit, I gotta turn around. Oh my god, there's zombie dogs around. Like that's kind of the first like three or four games that they made was like that. And then they transitioned to like action shooter games like five and six were like five ended with your main character fighting the main monster in a volcano and punching a boulder trying to roll it down this steep hill to like smash a monster like that's what five was that's how that ended so they they became like hardcore action games and that's why and they're starting to go back they resident evil 7 they made uh it's like a first person horror game and they've kind of gone back to their roots of like we're not like an action game like we you're supposed to be scared of monsters and we're designed to give you heart attacks it's like that old it's like in scrooge the the advertisement for christmas carol like there's all those like action and blood and guts and everything like that (laughs) yeah all that dark twisted like commentary on it like it's kind of like that they've gone back Uh to the roots i see uh, my question for you is, have you seen all six Resident Evil movies? No, the last one I watched 
Um, do you care if I spoil the ending for one of them? I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just going to tell you where I'm at. Really fucking care. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, re- I really, I really didn't like two and three that much. So go ahead. Let's let me let me t- paint you a picture of where these movies end up. The last one I watched was our main character Mila Jovovich. I believe it was yeah. her. <clears throat> um, was like woke up at like the Capitol building in like Washington D.C. or something, or one of those like major political buildings in Washington D.C. And it was surrounded by monsters, and there was like walls and cages built up, and it was like a firefight for your life. And then the movie ends. That's that's kind of where it goes. It's something like that. So okay, okay. Uh, it was horrible. It was terrible. Oh, man, see, I thought I thought they were good. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I thought. I thought people enjoyed these movies because I thought they were making money to keep making more of them. I think people that don't play the video game enjoy them. Maybe. Like, maybe those people enjoy them, but I guarantee you most people that play the game are like, yeah, the first one's good, but the rest of it's dog shit. So, uh, uh, something that sparked my mind that made me want to start watching these movies, not only is it you know, Halloween time. But I saw a trailer for a movie that's coming out and it's from the people who produced all the Resident Evil movies and the director who directed all the Resident Evil movies. And it's starring Mila Djokovic, who was in all the Resident Evil movies. And this movie is called The Monster Hunter. Have you seen the trailer for that? I, I have. I haven't seen the trailer, but I saw that they were making that into a movie. So, is it also a video game? Yes, it's a both both are made by made in Japan basically, but it is a Okay. It's a very Japanese game. It's like you play like a character who is like you know like the characters look from like Final Fantasy 7 how they look, you know, like that Japanese style of character. Yeah, that Japanese animation Yeah, like anime yeah. almost kind of character. You play a character kind of like that. Okay. who is in this world where monster hunting is a thing like you hunt monsters in like these big open areas but it's like happy-go-lucky monster hunting like there's little like bipedal cats that walk on their hind legs that like cook dinner for you and it's like oh we're gonna go fight a t-rex and we're gonna kill it and harvest its hide yay guys let's go do it it's it's treated almost like joyfully this idea of hunting these monsters and then you take like parts of the monsters like if it drops like a tooth or like you carve it as hide you can make like armor and weapons for it it's kind of like that there's no i've only ever played like the most recent one and i mean honest with you i i didn't play like tons of it i played a decent amount there didn't really seem to be much of a story there it was mostly kind of like you jumped in and you just went to different areas and you fought monsters and that was kind of it so I don't okay. know what they're doing with the actual movie, but there wasn't really there was a little bit of a story, but it's not much, not really. So you should continue to finish all the Resident Evil movies, or should I give up? No, well, you're still watching like Walking Dead. You're still watching new Walking Dead series. So I, you do you, boo boo. Like, go ahead and complete the complete the trifecta of bullshit complete the series of bullshit if you want you don't have to i you might like them 
I don't know. You may enjoy. You may think like, oh, it's mindless action. That's kind of what I'm into right now. Like you, you may well, actually enjoy it, and you like a lot. You still love all kinds of new zombie stuff. Like you haven't been zombied out, so you may enjoy it. Yeah, we talked about how much you're over zombies. Yeah. Um, I have not reached that point yet, although I am still watching The Walking Dead, and as I talked a couple weeks ago. I'm watching the new Walking Dead World Beyond spinoff show. Um, I'm not really thrilled with either one of those shows right now, but I'm not ready to give up on them yet. So the jury's still out, if you will. Yeah. As for this, I, I liked the first Resident Evil. I didn't like two and three. Oh, God. The, the scene in the third one with the fucking zombie crows. The zombie oh, crows are those are a real thing in the games though, and they're annoying. Jesus, they're annoying. H as fuck. They were in like the first one and the second one, the second games and third games. Like they were annoying as fuck. But, well, they only reared their ugly head in the third movie. Yeah, when they she might like, have, they... sets them on fire in the desert. Yeah, with her yeah. like magic mind powers. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, but no. Anyway, I, I think I'm gonna watch at least the fourth one. I'm going to give it one more shot, and if it's as bad as the other ones, then I might call it quits. But I was just, I, I never watched any of those movies, and and I kind of wanted to check it out. And you know what? Why have we not had a good video game adaptation to a movie? Why can't we, why can't we have this? A lot of people would argue that Detective Pikachu is a good video game adaptation. And did you see Sonic the Hedgehog? not watch Sonic the Hedgehog. You keep telling me to do that, but I have not seen that one. It's a very watchable movie. I'm not going to lie. And you know what? It's it's only watchable because Jim Carrey is amazing in it. So it's like well, it's, it's a classic Jim Carrey silly that we got from like our childhood done well. So. All I know is I fucking loved all of the Sonic the Hedgehog video games for Sega Genesis. So I have the bar set pretty high for that movie. Um, also, as for a game also made by Japan. As for Detective Pikachu, I honestly didn't love it. I, I thought it was okay, uh, but I wasn't into Pokemon. I was just it was it was after me. I didn't grow up with the cards or the video games or, I mean, I tried to get into that Pokemon Go. It was the new thing, but I played it for a couple weeks and I got bored of it. So, <laughs> Pokemon wasn't really my thing. I feel like if I would have been into Pokemon, I would have liked Detective Pikachu a lot better. Thing is, like, my mother saw Detective Pikachu, like, we watched it at her house with Mila, mm -hmm. and she obviously is older than both of us, and she was way out of the Pokemon generation, and she mm -hmm. still enjoyed the movie, though. Like, she thought it was a fun movie. Like, like she didn't she didn't go into it thinking, like, okay, this is based off, like, a card game and a video game. Do I need to know things? She's kind of like, ooh, this is a silly, goofy movie, and I'm going to watch it because Ryan Reynolds is, like, a genius. I will say my dinosaur Halloween costume is orange, and I was mistaken for Charizard, and I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> so... On this spooky Halloween episode, we have decided to do something a little different. I don't know if we've ever done this before, but I don't think we've done it on Halloween. We are going to read off a few spooky stories. 
going spooky stories? Yeah, let's go spooky stories. You know, we, we've got a couple things we want to do, and then we get to Chorus of Cinema. I think we should do some spooky stories. Okay. Now, I don't know okay. how you decided to do this, Scott. I don't know if you're going to be, like, trying to find stories from, like, your personal life, like, things that happen to you that you're, like, into uh, thinking about from your past, or, you know, how, to, how did you want to do this? I have one story. You can you can do two if you want. I have one. It's relatively quick. Uh, I believe I've told other stories before on the show. So I was trying to think of one. I, I wanted it to be personal. I, I, I want it to be a personal story. I, I tried to read a few and I listened to a podcast even trying to hear some spooky stories. And they were entertaining, but none that I really wanted to like make my own. So there's one story that I kind of wanted to tell that involves my family, and it's kind of creepy. So I I wanted to tell this one because I know I've never told it on the show before. If you wanted to read some ones that you read on the internet, like a creepy pasta or something, then I say go right ahead. Hey, it's whatever, whatever we want to do. We want to we want to be a little bit spooky this Halloween. Right. Um, okay. Well, if you have one story, I have a few. Um, I mainly got them off Reddit, but I've got a few. They're very short stories, but okay. um, since I've got a couple, why don't I go first, and then you can go next with your story, and then I'll finish us off. Okay, sounds good. You do yours first. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, I lived in an old apartment in 2002. The place was built in 1900, so it was just over 100 years old when I moved in. The living room and kitchen were fine, but the bathroom and bedroom were nerving, like I just always felt like I was being watched, especially in the bedroom if the closet door was open. Those unnerving feelings just became moderately uncomfortable as I settled in. I felt safe in the bedroom, but only if the door was locked. One night I was dead asleep when there was a loud bang on the bedroom door. Then I got up the courage to get out of bed. I checked the apartment and all the windows were closed and locked from the inside. The door still had the chain secured. No one was there. I mentioned the closet in the bedroom. I never liked going in there and I never liked if the door was open. For some reason in my head, I would hear gasping noises. So for that reason, the closet stayed closed. A month or more after I was awoken to the bang on my door, I was dead asleep. But something woke me up, and it was a pressure on me like being held down. It was pitch black in my room, I couldn't see anything, but I knew someone was standing over me. When I could finally turn on a bedside lamp, no one was there. After then I couldn't sleep in the dark. I had to sleep with the lamp on. That incident scared the life out of me. And after the unnerving feeling of being watched intensified. Friends would come over and comment about being uncomfortable in the bathroom, like being watched. It became so uncomfortable for me, when I had the chance to move out to another unit, I jumped at it. I packed up and got out. After me, several people rented the apartment, and they would move out within months. I became friendly with the building manager, and I told him that I felt the place was haunted. He kind of laughed it off. Years after, they were renovating the place building manager was doing some painting in there the building owner was there too i went and checked out the apartment it looked nicer it didn't feel as creepy i got to talking to the building owner and through the course of conversation he just throws it out there that a former tenant committed suicide in the closet by hanging themselves 
Mm-hmm. He also mentioned that the original designer of the building lived in that apartment and died there. I wasn't mad when I heard that, but felt validated that what I experienced was real. That's somebody's true story that they're telling, that huh? Is that they claim to be a true story. Yeah. Yeah, Spooky cool. story. Do you remember, it might have been before your time, because I'm a little bit older than you. I remember being in like junior high, middle school. And there was a really popular, and it was like a children's book, I guess, a young adult, independent reader style of book. But it was called uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I remember that, yeah. Do you remember that fucking book? Yeah. Dude, everybody like had a copy of that book back then. That had to have been like a big time best-selling book. Dude, that story was creepy. Those stories in that book. Man, I feel like didn't Guillermo del Toro like turn into a movie or something I think later so. on? I, I remember like seeing something about it. So yeah, I never watched it, but I'd like to see that because I was a big fan of those books. The story you just told kind of reminded me like it was a setup of how the stories in that book were written. So. It doesn't matter whether that's true or not; it's still creepy. It's it's yeah. very creepy just yeah. to think about. Like I kind of have when I was reading the story, I kind of had the same thought because in my bedroom there is like a walk-in closet. And I never want to leave that door open when I sleep, nor do I ever want to leave even my bedroom door fully open yeah. when I go to bed. Cool. All right, so I'm going to tell my story now. And I wish I wish it was my mother telling this story because she's the one who lived this. I've just heard this story my whole life told from my mother and told from my grandmother. But the story takes place a long, long time ago. Uh, My mother was young. She was probably 13, 14, 15 years old tops. And it was around this time of the year. And my mother wanted to have a Halloween party at her house. And she wanted to invite, like, her friends from school and her friends from her neighborhood to come to the Halloween party. So my grandmother and my grandfather, they finally gave in. They said, fine, you can have the party. And it was cool. They decorated really cool and they themed it really awesome. My grandmother actually dressed up like a gypsy and did like pretend tarot card readings at the party. So there was this one girl, we'll call her Emily for the story's sake. God knows I don't remember her name. My mother probably would. Um, and she lived on the same street as my mother. And she came over to the party and uh, she was playing the games and she went over to my grandmother was playing the, the tarot card game. And she kept pulling the death card. And it was kind of creeping my grandmother out to the point where she would like shuffle the deck and like be like, hey, there's no way you're getting it now. And she kept pulling the death card like really fucking spooky. So it got to the point where my grandmother, like, she removed the death card from the deck. She's okay, we're done, we're done with this. So the party went on, it continued with, without a hitch, without a hitch. That night, my grandmother had a dream about this girl, Emily, and it involved a horse. And she was on the back of a horse riding this giant horse going so fast running so 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 fast and the horse like in a movie bucked back and Emily fell off the back of the horse and my grandmother woke up in a cold sweat and was just like 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like what, what? Like, and, and that was the end of that. You know, you have crazy dreams, like shit like that all the time. So then fast forward a couple of days, my grandmother is driving home. My mother's in the car. They're getting close to their neighborhood and they're gonna turn onto their road. And there are police cars and ambulances and fire trucks like blocking the road that, that they can't they can't get onto their own road. And as soon as my grandmother sees this, she has an immediate like, feeling of dread. And she thinks the first thing that comes to her mind, she's like, oh my God, Emily's dead. And, you know, they had to tell the police, you know, we live here. What, what happened? What happened? They got there. Long story short, what happened was there was a car accident and Emily's mother was driving with Emily and there was a car driving way too fast. I don't know if the person was drunk or not, but they were speeding and they slammed into the side of Emily's mother's car and Emily was killed instantly. The car that slammed into her was a Ford Mustang. That gives you shivers. That's that's that right? gives you shivers a little bit. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't is, that fucked up? Is that the only time she's ever potentially predicted something, like in her dreams or something? Um, or does she have other times where, like, don't drink the milk, it's spoiled, and uh, somebody goes and drinks the milk and they get sick? I have actually asked her that exact question. My grandma is still alive to this day. She's in her 80s. She lives by herself. My my grandfather's passed away. I see my grandma all the time. My mom sees her all the time. And and I've asked her this. And she's told me before. She's like, no, I, I'm not a psychic. I'm not, you know, I'm not a real gypsy. She's like, I don't even know how to do tarot readings. She's like, but I do feel things. I get feelings. And, you know, nine times out of ten, they turn out to be pretty accurate. So I would say that she's kind of sensitive. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. There was I think... one of the stories. One of the stories I read that I thought about reading tonight was about like this guy who, for years as a child, had like dreams. I guess he like him and him and his family did like, you know, those people that, like explore holes mm-hmm. and like in rock climbing and stuff like that. Like holes, right, like, right. Cave explorers and shit like that. They, mm-hmm. from like a child, he had dreamed occasionally about the same dream over and over again, where he was in the cave and he was spelunking and he came across like a cavern and like he rounded a corner and there's like all these like specific things he described and like at the end of the, this pathway there's like a half of a stop sign as it was like bitten in half and he rushed past it and some terrible shit happened and then when he was like a teenager they were splunking in a cave and he came across like this area that was exactly like what he dreamed and he got to that corridor part where the stop sign was and he got freaked out and he like left that's like really mm-hmm. weird that's weird stuff right there mm-hmm. yeah very unexpected. yeah i've watched enough uh unsolved mysteries to know like there's people out there that are sensitive to this stuff speaking of unsolved mysteries the the new reboot of unsolved mysteries that came to netflix yeah. season two season two just came out i didn't even and... watch i didn't even finish the first episode honestly well, I, I told, we talked about it when season one first came out. I was a huge fan of the old Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries. I loved that show. So I was excited when I heard Netflix was bringing it back. And I watched all of season one and I was disappointed. It, to me, to me, it wasn't the same. It felt just like eh, any of those real crime dramas, you know? Yeah. 
those are a dime a dozen, you know. It felt like that. Season, excuse me, season two just came out. I'm going to check it out. I haven't watched it yet, but I wasn't impressed with season one. They're catering to married white women. They really are. They yeah. really are. And I, I think they should have just stuck with what they were. They should have got a good host like Robert Stack was. Somebody, somebody really good, so... All right, so that was my creepy story. I thought that was a kind of a cool one. All right, uh, let me give this last story real quick, and then we'll move on to something else. Spooky Halloween story. In high school, my friends and I were messing around with a Ouija board one night. Ouija. We had done it before, and nothing remarkable had ever happened. We usually did it to try and scare each other or our girlfriends fucking brag about it dude uh we all thought it was a joke that night there was no one else home except the seven of us and we were all together around the board one of the girls wanted to try it she had never done it before this time was different the board misspelled some of the words the same way every time it gave answers that seemed really historically accurate for our town things we never things we neither knew or cared about long story short the spirit claimed it was a 10 year old boy who had died on the property in the 1800s and was buried there to in an unmarked grave we were all a little freaked out because the board had never been so detailed and consistent however we were still skeptical and we were all assuming one of us was trying to scare the rest finally my friend asked if the spirit could do something to prove he was there with us it went yes and then spelled out k-n-o-c-k then the planchette stopped moving we just all stared at it silently then there was a rap 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 on the window right next to us the lights were on outside and there was absolutely no one out there we never touched that thing again spooky cool yeah have you ever fucked with ouija boards you've been into that kind of thing have you ever messed around with a ouija board i was just asking (laughs) I was just asking the same question, dude. Um, That's creepy. I never personally myself messed with a Ouija board. My mother used to do it. Like when we lived in California, she had a bunch of friends that like enjoyed some of that kind of stuff and Dungeon and Dragons and stuff like that. So there were times whenever they would do stuff like that, just like mess mm-hmm. around because you know they, she was in her early twenties. They would like to mess around and do all that kind of shit. So I've never personally done it myself. So I yes I, I did, and it's one time that I messed around with the Ouija board. And it's kind of a fun story. Uh, so I was in high school. My friend Ryan Dunch, who has been on this show before, he listens to the show. Uh, and our other friend, whose name was also Ryan, his name was Ryan Conley. So the three of us would hang out all the time back then. Well, Ryan Conley had a job, and he worked at our local Goodwill store. And one day, he got off work, came and hung out with the rest of us, and he was super stoked because someone had donated a Ouija board to the Goodwill that day, and Ryan bought it. And he's like, we got we to play with this thing. We got to play with this. So not only is it a fucking Ouija board, it's a fucking hand-me-down Ouija board from god knows those two the fucking 
the fucking devil himself could have sent this Ouija board to that Goodwill. So, at any rate, we get the great fucking idea that, of course, let's play with this fucking Ouija board. But let's not play with this Ouija board fucking anywhere. No, let's take it to the Scooby-Doo style old abandoned unmarked cemetery in the woods that's right that's what we did and i was the idiot who knew about this um over by where my dad lived there's this this road called trout island and it goes way back into the woods it has a hollow that goes way down and i lived over that way and i would as a kid you know just playing in the woods and i i was aware of this old 1800s cemetery that was like an un like it wasn't like a cemetery with like bark it was just headstones in the middle of the fucking woods with trees all around them and i knew it was there and i get the bright idea i'm like oh guys there's this old fucking graveyard in the middle of the fucking woods let's go there and play with this devil's ouija board so that's what we did uh we went we went to this this woods and we're asking the, the really wise on on how the Ouija board works. But then one of the Ryans, I'm not sure which one it, which one it is, says, "Tell us the order in which we will die." Ooh, who fucking asks that kind of a question? Uh, and let me fucking spooky. and let me fucking tell you this we this Ouija board started answering. And all I know is it spelled out the word Ryan and then it made its way over to where the C and the D's were. So the good news for me is I know I wasn't first, (laughs) but it was either going to be Ryan C or Ryan D and they're both hanging by a moment. Like, Okay, which one of us is going first? And as it as the whatever the thing's called is getting close to the C or D, all of a sudden we hear a twig snap from back in the woods, like somebody stepped on it. And if you wouldn't believe the three of us just fucking took off running, the board went flying. And we just ran to the car and got the hell out of there. And, and that's pretty much the end of that story. Yeah. So to this day, I don't know which Ryan is going to die first. But I know it wasn't Scott. So I'm okay there. Uh, I got, so I got that going for me. I, I've heard that there have been studies done with Ouija boards that... Um, Typically, you always think, like, you know, somebody's moving around, somebody's being sly about it, or, you know, whatever. But if, I've heard some studies done where some psychologists and psychiatrists believe that maybe, mm-hmm. like, the Ouija board is, like, a direct access to your subconscious, and that's what's talking to you. That's, I, I've kind of heard that but, before. But it's weird. It's weird because all three of us who are playing have your hands on at the same time. So yeah, it would be so three subconscious together. That's the weird part about it. I, th- I think the idea is that somebody's... I don't know. One of you... I think the idea would be like one of you so is, that was my... is moving it. So and that's subconscious. 
Okay, well, maybe. I. That was my one and only experience with a Ouija board, and I'm not going to fuck around with that shit ever again. Okay. So that was our spooky stories for this Hallow's Eve, Halloween 2020. Um, we got something else we're going to do. We decided, uh, I decided last minute that we should do our top five best and worst Halloween candies that we enjoyed. The five that we love the most and five that we're thinking, why are you even throwing that into my bag? Um, I went worse, worth, uh, what, what do you think we should do? Do you think we should do best or worst first, Scott? Let's do best first. I best. like my best list better, yes. Okay. Um, I started the story, so why don't you start the uh, uh, five best and just kind of rattle off your five uh, favorite uh, Halloween candies. Okay. So, of my favorite candies, um, some of these, especially one of them, one of them in particular is a questionable Halloween candy. Um, it's a candy bar. That counts. A, I don't know if I've ever received this or my kids have ever got this for Halloween. You very well could. There's people out there who would be awesome and give this candy bar. Well, let me ask you this. But do, you, do you think that chocolate counts as candy for Halloween? Or do you think like it should be like Twix? Or, or not, not Twix. I mean like Skittles and Pixie Sticks and all that kind of crap. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of my list. I myself am a chocolate fan. I love chocolate candy. I like some of the like sugary, fruity, sweet candy, but nowhere near as much as like the savory chocolate. Oh, I love that. Shit. I'm kind of there with so, you. Like the the Skittles and the all those other like crazy ones, like licorice mm-hmm. and everything. That's that's just too much sugar. Like... Yeah, uh, so so my lists are all chocolate bars, just because personally that's what I like. So I have five on my list. I actually have two honorable mentions, and and, and I'll explain my list right now. So the one that I'm a little bit on the fence about putting on my list it is a candy bar that I love. It might even be my favorite candy bar, but I don't know if it would be considered a Halloween candy bar, and it's the Bueno Bar. The Bueno Bar? Have you ever had the Bueno Bar, my friend? I've never heard of the Bueno Bar. Yes. It's relatively new to the United States. It It has been around for a long time, but... I've been aware of it. I used to get it in Canada and Mexico and certain specialty stores that had like, you know, imported goods from other countries. But they just recently started having it everywhere in the United States. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it at Sheets. They have it everywhere. Are you familiar with the Kinder Egg? Kinder Egg. I'm maybe I if I am, I've never heard the name. Okay, so the Kinder Egg is more popular. It you it, It's like a chocolatey with the nutella and they used to keep it it's the shape of an egg and they used to put a little toy in it and kids were like cho- kids were choking on the toy so it became contraband and it became illegal but then they brought the kinder egg back and they just like separated the toy from the chocolate 
So now it's in like a separate compartment so kids don't choke on it. Okay. The company the company that makes the Kinder Egg is Kinder. They make the Bueno Bar. And okay. it is like a, it is like a wafer with Nutella like hazelnut spread and chocolate on top of it. Kinda, dude, it I is kind of like a chocolatey chocolatey wafer. I do kind of like the idea of that. Dude, it is fucking fire. I love the Bueno Bar. I, I'm going I'm going to buy you one. I just want you to try it because it is so good. So that that's what I have on my list. Bueno bar. All right. Um, another one I have. Are you familiar with the Clark bar? Yes. So I love myself the Clark bar. And it's got. It, it's hard to explain. It's got like peanut. It's kind of like a butterfinger but it's more chewier. It's like peanut buttery on the yeah. inside. I love, I love the Clark bar and the Clark bar was originally made in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it became like nationwide. And then it got, it, it, they stopped making it several years ago. It got bought out by the company that makes those Necco wafers. And then they sold it. Now the company that makes the Mallow cups, I think they're called Boyer. They're from like out east Pennsylvania, like Altoona. They just recently bought the rights to the Clark Bar and they're going to start making it. Well, here's the problem. They started making it and the Clark Bar started shooting off of their conveyor belt at their factory like 10 feet in the air, like injuring people. Yeah. So they're like, oh, shit. So they had to like rethink their like algorithm how to make this. So in the meantime, they started making Clark Bar cups. So it looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup because they that's what their factory made. They made the Mallow cups. They made the peanut butter Boyer cups. So now they make a Clark cups. And it's the same recipe. It tastes the same as a Clark bar, but now they're in cups. I love a Clark bar. And I think one day they will return to us. Uh, it's featured in, I just watched the movie Hocus Pocus tonight. One of my favorite Halloween movies. And they give out Clark bars in the movie. And it, uh, it made me made me really want a Clark bar. So Clark bar is on my list. Um, the next couple are pretty self-exclamatory. Uh, the Take 5 bar. Oh, I love a Take 5. I love take me a Take good. 5. Pretzels. Pretzel is key. Pretzel and chocolate a, is a surprisingly delicious oh, mix. Fucking awesome. I love a Take 5. That It speaks for itself. Uh, are you familiar with whatchamacallit? Yes. I, lo- I put whatchamacallit on my list. I love whatchamacallit. And I also have 100 grand. Are you familiar with that candy bar? No. I'm, I, I've heard of it, but okay. I've, never, I've never had one. Yeah, it, it's, it's good. It's, cho- it's, it's similar to... It's a crisp rice bar like a Nestle's Crunch, but it's not flat like a Nestle's Crunch. It's more thick in the yeah. middle, and and it has like this gooey center. I think it's got some caramel in the middle of it too. Not oh, hundred grand, love it, love it. And my two uh, honorable mentions that I'll say, and the reason I made these honorable mention because these are much much more common. Taking my daughters trick or treating tonight, they probably got these two candies more than any other candy, and I love them. And that is the Kit Kat bar and the Reese peanut butter cup. That's probably because they're like the best. They're great, right? They're great. I didn't want to disrespect them. <laughs> I, I had some weird like the Bueno bar and the 
and the hundred grand and all these other things. I wanted to show some respect to the more calm and candy too, because they deserve it. So, so that's my list. All right. Um, I'll do my best five and it should be a quick list okay. because these are all like classic candy bars that you all know. Okay. I'm, I'm right there with you. What I like the chocolate more than I like the sugary candies. Uh, uh-huh. So like low end on my list, I decided to throw Snickers on there because, and I think it's like, I, I think Snickers while being probably the most common and popular one, I think is the most forgettable candy bar too. Like when you think about a Snickers, you're like, oh yeah, Snickers, blah, blah. But then when you think about eating a Snickers, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That tastes great. It's got peanuts in it. It's very chewy yeah, and chocolatey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, mm, mm. Um, right up above that, I got Twix. I love a Twix. Mm-hmm. Wafer, it's basically a wafer chocolate almost. Like it's it's amazing. Um, Kit Kat is on my list. Like we talked about, uh, Kit Kat is amazing. I decided to put M&Ms on my list, but Scott, yeah, I'm gonna ask you a question. Which is the right answer, chocolate or peanut M and M's? So, if you're asking me personally, I go peanut. Guess what? That's the right answer. Peanut is the only M and M. Fuck, fuck the chocolatey ones. It's it's fine. It's okay. But pe- I, I'm noticing I like a lot of peanut and peanut butter candies. I love me. Me peanut too. Butter. I love peanut. Me butter, too. So that's kind of where my candies go. And peanut M&M's is the way to go. When I was a kid, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I used to savor a little bag of peanut M&M's that you got like from the candy machine. And what I would do is I would take like one of the M&M's out and I would like kind of crack it on the side with my teeth and just kind of like bite off the top of it so the peanut is exposed and then kind of like scoop out the peanut with my teeth and then just eat the rest of the M&M. I, I made a thing of it. It's almost, I, You know like how you... <laughs> take oreo cups and you like twist it and you lick off the middle i did that with m&ms basically is there another way to eat your because i eat mine the same way yeah exactly it's it's so satisfying like there's no other it. way yeah it's a satisfying eat but my top top favorite candy candy bar whatever has got to be the reese cup oh yeah reese's reese peanut butter cups oh my god you cannot do wrong with a Reese cup and not Reese pieces it's fine but Reese cup is the way you go i don't even know if i would go the big cups i've never i think i've had a big cup once or twice that's the ratio is almost off for that like a regular Reese peanut butter cup is the perfect ratio of chocolate and peanut butter okay so that was a simple list that's all my five favorite ones let's move on to the worst ones your ones you just are like why are you throwing this in here what do you want from me you go first since i went first with the good ones why don't you start on the crappy ones all right smarties is on my list fuck okay smarties it's nothing but chalky sugary grossness every i can i was when i was making this list i was thinking about smarties and i said Every single time I've ever eaten a Smarties, I've always said to myself, why am I eating this? And I continue eating it. It's the it's one of the worst candies out there. Like, I don't even understand. I, I, when I, I understand that Smarties is a different thing in other countries, I believe. Like, I think Canada and England and maybe Australia. Like, their Smarties are, like, different, completely different candies. Like, this, I'm talking about American Smarties. The United States of America kind of Smarties. Um, next on my list of worst what-the-fucks. Double bubble. 
it is the worst gum out there. And it mm. always seems to find its way in, you know, uh, trick-or-treat bags when I was little. And you would chew it for like five minutes, and then within five minutes, the entire flavor was gone, and you're just chewing a gummy piece of grossness. And I don't understand. Wh- it's cheaply made, probably. That's why they do it. Right. Um, next on my list, the pixie stick. It's nothing but it's nothing. Mm. It's nothing but literal sugar. It's sugar in a little paper sleeve, and it's 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 too much sugar. It's terrible. It's horrible. Not only is it bad for you, but it's not even really that good. Like it's it tastes like cotton candy before it got spun into cotton candy, just like the base like mixture. Um. Next on my list is candy corn. How do you, are you one of the people that likes candy corn, or you don't, or you dislike it? Not answer that at, the, at this moment. No. Okay. All right. Uh, candy corn is horrible. All forms of candy corn. The regular triangle-shaped candy corns. The pumpkin candy corns. Those are the fucking worst. It's disgusting. Um, and the last on my list, my probably my most hated candy. I don't understand why it exists. I don't know why people like it. I just don't get it. It's the anything black licorice, black licorice, black jelly beans, mm-hmm. any of that. Disgusting. I don't understand people that enjoy it. Yeah. Get that shit out of my bag. Yep. I'm egging your house. It tastes like it tastes like medicine. Yes, it does. I don't want medicine for Halloween. I want chocolatey goodness. So so here comes my worst candied list. And uh number five, and I'm look I, I want Mike Deloney to hear this one. Number five, I have salt water taffy. Ew, yeah. Uh so Mike, I was just at his house this past week. He had a big old fucking bag of salt water taffy. He kept saying, You want some salt water taffy? You want some salt water taffy? Homeboy must have asked me half a dozen times if I wanted saltwater taffy. <laughs> no, I fucking don't want saltwater taffy. It's disgusting. Now I will say I've been at the I've seen those stores where they make the saltwater taffy. That's fucking gnarly. I like how they make it on those machines, but to taste it, it's fucking trash. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, here's a weird one. And you still, to this day, you go into any gas station or convenience store, and there it fucking is by the checkout. So people must buy this garbage. But I'm talking about the fucking Charleston Chew. <laughs> Why in the hell is the Charles? What is this, 1945? Do we still have the Charleston Chew? Why is it still a thing? Okay. Beyond that. Okay, next one is the hot tamales. Ooh. Yeah. The, the box of hot tamales. You know, when my mom was young, she once got a hot tamale stuck up in her nose. It was on fire. <laughs> yeah. To this day, to this day, my whole family, we have a complex when it comes to hot tamales. They suck. They suck. Uh, my next one is, is a twofer. I hate this. And that would be the Mounds and Almond Joy. Okay. Yeah. I love chocolate. We were just talking about how much I love chocolate bars, but they have to go ahead and put that nasty processed fake coconut shit Any, in the middle of that candy bar. Anything Ugh. coconut is gross. The the only coconut that I've enjoyed is coconut rum. 
and that's oh. it. Anything coconut is like blah. Mo- mounds and almond joy, and then the almond joy they put they they just take the fucking mounds bar and they put like one single almond on top, <laughs> like oh that makes it better. No, fuck you for that. Fuck you for that. And my my number one is motherfucking candy corn. That shit belongs right in the garbage can. That's where uh, it belongs. Yes, it does. No, not in my trick or treat bag. Candy corn is for shit, and I hate it. I remember being a kid and knowing I hated candy corn, but if there was like a, a bowl of candy corn somewhere, I would take some candy corn and eat it, thinking like, I wonder if maybe I like it now. And I would eat a couple, and I'd be like, nope, still don't like it. It's disgusting. Yeah. But hey, that was our top five best and worst candies uh disagree with us email us message us for distraction at gmail.com it is now time this new weekly segment that we've been doing and i think we've been enjoying a lot i have a feeling that people have been enjoying listening to us do it too it is coercive cinema time scott oh yeah let's do it i'm excited i went first last time so i think you should go first this time but to remind the listeners of what we watched i had to watch this week um fucking uh the new borat movie on amazon prime and you had to watch rocky horror picture show for those you right new, right for, for those of you new to the show coercive cinema is a segment where each of the hosts picks a movie that the other host has not watched that they themselves have watched and says hey you gotta watch this movie next week for next week and then tell us about it give us like a give us like a quick you know just synopsis and review of the movie what you thought of it so that's kind of the basis of it and i i like it scott likes it you like it let's mm-hmm. fucking do it mm-hmm. so scott tell me i love yeah. rocky horror picture show i love tim curry what did you think of this musical sensation okay so it's kind of like a rock opera is it not it is very much a rock opera yeah yeah uh, and and I was familiar with it, of course. It's a cult classic. People love this. I know what the Rocky Horror Picture Show is. I have just, I'd never seen the movie. I don't know why. It just, I never see it, never saw it. So, watching it, you had me watch it, and I'm watching it. And at first, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is fucking weird. It's fucking weird. It is. Yeah. But as it went on, I was like, I was, I was kind of charmed with the weirdness of the story. And, and the music's phenomenal. But <laughs> I, I wasn't keen on it at first, but God, did it grow on me. And as the movie progressed, I started liking it more and more. And even so, I went to bed after I watched it. I watched it later at night. Thinking to myself, oh, when I get on the podcast, I'm going to say I didn't like it very much. I slept on it. And a day later, I thought to myself, I want to fucking watch it again. I <laughs> liked it. Like, it took time for it to compute with me how much I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, yeah, Tim Curry was great in it. Um, I, I, loved my, I loved me some meatloaf. Yeah. And he, he had such – I wanted to see more of him. He had such a small role, but – 
but damn, was it fun. Damn, think, was it fun. I think a uh, lot of people have I kind of want to go to one of those, like, showings. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go to one of those showings at, like, uh, at, like, a, some little theater somewhere where they, where they show Rocky Horror Picture Show and you have to come with props and, like, dress up and shit. You know what I'm talking about? They do that shit all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I want to do that now. I want to dress and drag. I want to dress and drag and go to one of these showings and, like, throw shit at the screen. And, like, I, like I'm into that shit now. I want to do that. I think a lot of people have kind of that Would you go with me? Yeah, I'd go with you, 100%. I, I love Rocky Horror Picture Show and that all kind right, of shit. cool. Uh, I think a lot of people have that kind of reaction when they first watch it. I know I had the reaction where I was like, oh, this, this is kind of weird. And granted, I was young. I didn't see too many people like on stage or in you know tv shows or movies that dress and drag which is really weird because i grew up and i watched two wong fu thanks for everything which is basically about three guys like john leguizamo and um wesley snipes and um the other dude from ghost who also like dressed up in, as drag queens and that didn't that didn't make me feel weird but this one is kind of like <clears throat> like you said it's a weird movie like you're watching like this is super fucking weird but then after mm-hmm. I watched it, I, I did the same thing. I kind of slept on it. I was like, you know what? That's fucking catchy as shit. There's a lot of good music in there. And Tim Curry's like singing voice is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Like He just has a great voice in general. And I, it grew on me, too. <clears throat> did you see that Jack Black recently did a Rocky Horror, like, the, the Time Warp song? And he enlisted, yes. like, Kyle Gass and a bunch of other celebrities to, like, join him in it. And it was amazing. Yeah, I, it was great. It was uh, they did they he performed Time War, and uh, I saw actually Susan Sarandon was in it, who she's in the original Rocky Horror, and he had like Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg in it, and like a lot of others. Uh, George Takei was in it. Like yes. I I saw that right before I watched it, and I was like, that's freaking cool. And I mean, I I had never seen Rocky Horror before. You maybe watch it for this. But I was familiar with the Time Warp. That yeah. song is popular. I, I, kn- I knew the song before I watched this. But uh, just seeing it happen in this movie and the dance that is done to it, man, I, that's fucking catchy, dude. I'm ready to get up and, and just to step to the left, man. I'm ready to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Time Warp. It's amazing. I, the the yeah. whole movie's awesome. And it's arguably ahead of its time because, you know, there's lots of people – transgender people that exist today mm-hmm. and people that that kind of think that way so it was very much ahead of its time too and trying to accept those kind of things so right i'm glad you liked it i'm really glad because i was hoping that you yeah. would actually enjoy it very i was i was hoping it. And, and and at first i was like oh this is so weird this is so bizarre the beginning is the get worst on the, po- the beginning is the it, worst the beginning is the worst you're 100 percent right and i was like i'm gonna get on here and i'm gonna shit all over this and I, I'm not now. I'm talking about. Oh, it's great. It just, it had. I had it. I had to process it. I had to take my time to process it, sleep on it, and now I, now I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad. I think I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it now too, honestly. <laughs> so it's my turn. Uh, you had me watch the new Borat movie, the second Borat movie, the Borat movie where he tries to sell his daughter. <laughs> that's might as well we, might be what the movie's called um so i watched it today and i love sasha barracone 
He is awesome. He is a great at playing characters and dressing up and disguising himself. He's just really that's kind of, that's what he does now. That's kind of his thing, and it's very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this this movie while it was good, it was enjoyable. It's nothing like the first Borat. It's nothing like that movie, and I think part of the problem not i'm not gonna say problem part of the weird thing that i had with the movie was what made the first movie so magical was you didn't really you've never heard of really heard of sasha Baron and you never heard mm-hmm. of borat and you never heard of any of this stuff so a lot of those situations were like people believed it was real people believed that this dude from this country was actually coming to these places and like you know trying to get lessons in this and that and everything else like that i think problem with this movie was it felt like and i never watched any of the behind the scenes or anything like that but it kind of felt like like half the movie was almost staged like like i don't i don't know if this is true i can correct me if i'm wrong anybody who knows but it kind of felt like like the stuff with the babysitter like maybe she wasn't told the entire story but it felt like a lot of that was kind of pre-written or maybe not pre-written but like before and they were like hey just kind of like play along the the black the black lady yeah the babysitter <laughs> okay i actually that that's the one that i do know about tell and me please. Actually, i'm curious and, yes and no no she was not involved she was contacted by her church the minister at her church said they they're doing a documentary this this woman from another country is going to come stay with you and they paid her like merely like $3500 for this they're like you, she needs to see how women in America have these freedoms and how and how they act and how it's different from her country that's all she was told and then this woman you saw what happened in the movie and i felt sorry for her because her character was arguably the only redeemable character. Yeah. Everybody everybody else who Borat or uh Tuta the daughter who they went after and tri- they all they all were shitty people and they deserved to have the wool pulled over their eyes and tricked and made to look like fools on this this movie. But that lady, she was great. She was sweet, she was lovable. Yeah. And and I felt sorry for her so much so that other well, people feel the way you, I do. Why? Why would you feel sorry for her though? Like she got thirty five hundred dollars, and she became the most redeemable person in the entire movie. She was the only good person. So I, if you ask me, I'm like, that's kind of a win. Like, she, yeah, she was tricked, but in a movie full of shitheads, like she was the only good person, pretty much. So well, what? Well, what? What she did say here. This. This. This is why I felt sorry. For uh, her. When the filming was over and done with, nobody informed her. Nobody said, just to let you know, this was all a trick. This that. Nobody told her. She goes, I, I, she goes, I have been thinking about that girl. She's like, I've been barely able to sleep. I've been so worried for her and what's been going on. And then all of a sudden this movie comes out and I find out that it's fake. She's like, I was so concerned for her safety and her well-being and what happened to her next. And that's what made me like, oh, that sucks. So now like, there's people like me who started a GoFundMe for her. I have like raised money for her because thirty five hundred dollars is not a lot. Like that, like she should have been paid significantly more for how much money that movie is going to make. So people are GoFunding her, and I think she's going to be okay now because she was a great character in a 
in a movie full of shitheads. Yeah. I think I think the reason why I have a hard time believing half of the stuff is there's there's a lot of obvious stuff where you know that that's just like them playing it off and like like the original Borat. But there are other mm. ones where I'm like it feels like not they're not necessarily that they're paid actors, but they just found people and said, "Hey, we're doing this goofy thing for this movie. We'll give you some money if you just kind of like play along with this character." Like that's how kind of like half the characters felt a little bit, and that's how that's how, and you explained that to me, and I'm glad because now I know that she's not like that. But that's kind of how she felt, and the same thing with those mm-hmm. like white redneck guys that he was like quarantined with. Um, yeah, yeah. Later on the movie that you know they went to that Trump rally with. They, uh-huh. They felt like not actors, but they felt like a couple guys. They were like, "Hey, we're doing a movie thing. There's this goofy character. Like maybe you know, we'll give you some money if you just kind of like play along with what he's doing, kind of thing." That's kind of how that felt to me. With them, I I can't imagine anybody, mm-hmm. anybody, especially like, like, excuse me, but they're kind of like very rednecky white guys inviting somebody who sounds like Borat into their house during a quarantine yeah and and they they how the movie happened didn't they like meet him outside of a convenience store and he's like can i come stay with you yeah that was he met the big beard guy like like oh well yeah basically like oh why is the streets uh empty why, where's all the people he's like there's a pandemic going on and he's like oh okay, yeah. oh can i come quarantine with you then and uh, according to the movie he spent a couple of days there so yeah I, and that, I, that, I, that kind of felt like it was at least set up a little bit like i agree with you uh i don't know for sure yeah. if those guys were legitimate if they were sincere they seem to me they came off as actors but i don't know if they're not if they're not then holy shit dude yeah i mean 100 <laughs> percent agree with you i i, I want to know and i kind of want like do like a little dive yeah. into it just to kind of see what was real and what was not because everybody knows almost i imagine almost everybody in america knows the name borat and they've if they've mm-hmm. never seen the movie they see at least seen clips of it or they've heard this like what he sounds like and kind of what the movie was all about so that's the reason why like sasha baron has to like up his up his like level when it comes to, like his disguises like w- when he was at the trump rally and he played like what was it country steve or something like that yeah yeah so uh, like he kind of has to do that and that's what the big part of this movie was the actress that played his daughter was kind of like very much in front in this movie like she was mm-hmm. doing a lot of the stuff and there was just sasha Baron donning like different disguises so like there was there were yeah. some things like the trump rally obviously that was real and there were other things like when they were just out shooting on the street. Obviously, that was real. But like, there's other, like personal interactions, like when, um, like when she went to that, um, sugar, like the sugar baby, sugar baby's like mansion, or whatever. And she was like, "Oh my god, that was incredible." That was absolutely real, but it seemed <laughs> fake. It seemed fake. It's so real. Oh, it was, <laughs> she, it was real. Well, what what talent what talents do you have? I can open bottle with small hole. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're going to do it now. And then she did it. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, when I they went to the loved it. when they went to the debutante ball. Yes. And she started, like, having a massive period, like, in the middle of their dance. I was like, oh. yeah, I was like, I'm going to be sick. Oh, God, this is gross. I <laughs> yeah, I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard at those scenes. Yeah, it, oh, it was shit. it was gross and disgusting. 
And then we come to the classic scene that everybody's talking about. The one scene that basically is making the movie. The Rudy Giuliani scene. Holy hell, man. First of all, before we go into that, the scene at the Mike Pence rally, at the Trump rally with Mike Pence, <laughs> when he dressed up as Donald Trump and was carrying his daughter in there and like Mike screaming Pence. at Mike Pence. <laughs> Mike Pence. <laughs> He just look. He just stared him down. He's like, he's like, oh, this this shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we're dealing with this nonsense. <clears throat> and that's the thing is he he's fucking now he's fucking around. Um, Sasha Baron is fucking around with like real shit. Like he's dealing with shit where like he could really go to jail and they could really be shot at because of, of <laughs> some of this stuff. But the Ru- Rudy Giuliani uh, scene where. Um, the daughter's interviewing him and touching his leg and all that other stuff and everything like that. There, it's it's the if you haven't heard the the scandalous scene where they both excuse themselves into the bedroom where they're by themselves and she's taking like the mic off of him and near his crotch and everything like that. And I'm going to use a word allegedly because you have to use that in this day and age. He uh, touched himself mm-hmm. when she had her back turned and everything like that and like hurried up and zipped his pants when Borat came running in. And say, take my hole, take my hole. She's she's too old for you. Take my hole. <clears throat> um, yeah, we get we get to that scene. What did you? Are you in the camp of he was touching himself and masturbating to her whenever she was like had her back turned? I don't know, what man. Do uh, so he's claiming that he was tucking in his shirt, right? Mm-hmm. That's claimed, that's basically that he leaned back in the on the bed so he could tuck a shirt in now i will say this for rudy giuliani if you've ever had to try to tuck your shirt when you're sitting up like that it's damn near impossible and i remember when i went to like kennedy and you would be sitting at the desk and you would and you would have to like have your shirt tucked in if it came untucked you had to stand up to tuck it in so maybe he did have to lean back to tuck it in but i'm gonna say he had his pant he has hand down there a little too long to be tucking a shirt down right there in the front he was digging a little deep down there, is what I'm gonna say. When I when I saw that when I saw Rudy Giuliani was doing, it didn't look like he was fondling himself, but it kind of looked like that thing you do when you're like a teenager, like you're like preteen, and you're going through puberty, and you have uncontrollable boners. So you like kind of when no you think nobody's looking, you just kind of like stick your hand down in your pants and adjust yourself, or like do whatever you have to do. Like I remember having to do that as a teenager, so I. It looked like he had an uncontrollable boner and he was like trying to adjust so like, oh, I'm going to hide this boner and shit like that. He definitely had some shady intentions like asking her for a phone number and her address and everything like that. That was shady as fuck. Um, But all in all, I thought it was a very funny, very good movie that Mm -hmm. I probably will never watch again. And in the climate that we live in, like I kind of half enjoyed it and half didn't. Because it was very political. Super yeah. political. I mean, I just want to... I'm not going to speculate about what Rudy Giuliani was doing in his pants. Uh, a bit, I mean, he's a big guy, so my I. I have trouble keeping my shirt tucked in. Also, I've never tucked my shirt in the way he did ever in my yeah. life. It makes no sense to do it that way. But let's just say, okay, whatever. Maybe he was just tucking his shirt in. It was fucking weird. It's like it's like how 
Commander Riker sits down in a chair. Like, nobody fucking does it that way, but maybe you do, and that's just fucking weird. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) But okay. Still, how, like you said, how he was acting toward that girl, who he thought was 15 years old. Like, that's creepy. He was, like, patting her on the butt and, like, holding her by the hips and, and asking for her number and shit. That's just flat out creepy. Yeah, and drinking with I, her and shit yeah. like that. Like it was, it was weird. He was he's definitely very weird. Yeah, so it was I, I, fucking we will say weird. That. It was fucking weird. Yeah, but that was our movies. Uh, I you enjoyed mm-hmm. yours. I thought mine was you know pretty good. So I'd say it's successful mm-hmm. course of cinema. Scott, okay, what do you have for me yeah. and the rest of the listeners for next week's course of cinema? Okay, so. In the in the spirit of Halloween, this is our spooky episode. I'm gonna have you watch a little bit of a a paranormal, we'll say, movie. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoy this movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I might have to rewatch it this week too, so I can talk about it again with you. But I'm going to have you watch the 1998 movie. Starring Denzel Washington, John Goodman, and Donald Sutherland. It's called Fallen. And Fallen. it's on it's on Hulu. Um, it's pretty good. Actually, I believe it spawned a spin-off TV series, which I never watched. But I think it was short-lived. But I never watched that. But I very much enjoy this movie called Fallen. Like I said, Hulu, it's on Hulu for free right now. So I don't want to give too much away because I just kind of want you to watch yeah. it. But it's it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit spooky. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you that one in the spirit of Halloween. Okay. Uh, so I will watch Fallen. I'm gonna give you, Scott, um, sort of a not so much a horror, but more of like a thriller kind of mystery one uh, mystery movie. Uh, more of like a detective thriller. I want you to watch Red Dragon the edward norton uh installment of the hannibal lecter series uh i want you it's on netflix Mm -hmm. it's on netflix so i want you to go ahead and watch that and report back to me what you thought of red dragon okay i uh love silence of the lambs so it's amazing yeah okay okay so yeah i will check that out red dragon (laughs) all right uh, if you guys have any suggestions for course of cinema movies that we could take a look at, or if you guys want to tell us your spooky stories, email us for distraction at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Search for distraction at podcast FYD. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Search for distraction. We're also on Spotify and Google Play. Search podcast FYD. Rate us, like us, comment on us, share us with your friends. The only way we grow is if you guys help us grow. We are also a member of the Be Real Podcasting Network. Head over to Podbean and search for the Movie Guys Podcast. That is our official, unofficial hub for the Be Real Network. We're still a member of the Electronic Media Collective, as you, as you heard in the beginning of the show. So head over to electronicmediacollective.com and search, or search for us there. Listen to us on there. Show them that we mean business. Good show, my friend. Good show. I have one final spooky story uh to go out on the show with uh are we ready for the final spooky story of halloween 2020 sure 
four more years of Trump. 